And it's time for the weekly Q&A that we call Splunk Talk. Episode number 26 for Friday, December 10th, 2010. Frozen Solid. This week's episode, Michael, Jeff, and Maverick do our best to make archiving and dealing with that data not boring. Let's give it a shot. I gotta have more cowbell. Splint time, writing answers without a doubt. Splint time, we'll help you figure it out. Splint time, that you tell a whole world about. Splint time. Splint time. Oh, what the f*** is going on? <laughs> <laughs> A new toy. He's got a new toy. <laughs> oh my god! You guys are so. F- <laughs> actually, I said. Actually, I said fail. Really. You broke it. I did. You said fail. I did. Okay, here you who, go. Who is <laughs> nice? Who is that with that censoring beep? That's Michael Wild. I'm the Splunk Ninja. I mean, I'm out of Austin, Texas, and I'm happy Woo-hoo. to be here with you today. Although this is so backwards that I get to go first. That's weird. Yeah, that that is weird. What? I'm, what everything's askew. What are you doing, Maverick? Anyways. Uh, I am in Dallas. Yeah, exactly. I go second because I, well, I always go second. Dallas or Dullis? What, Dullis what, is an airport. De- depends an on airport? what, it, no, it just depends on what medication you're on whenever you say it. Thank you. <laughs> eh, thank you. That's just great. Uh, and, and Jeff Blake. Hello. Hello. Uh, the Windy City. Did you have snow today? Uh, well, we have snow every day. And did you make it to Cabela's? I got my lure, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. What my are you Christmas doing? lure. Are you doing like a bead head or a patch? Yeah, we, uh, no, it's, <laughs> yeah, jigs. We're doing, we're, we're, we're jigging. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, it's another fabulous episode of Spunk Talk. Uh, today... We're going to chat a little bit about all things cold, frozen, thawed, and, you know, in the spirit, in the wonderful spirit of the holiday. All right. Jeffrey, what do you got for us today? So on this topic, what is this notion of freezing my data and how does it work? Interesting question. Very, very interesting question. Let me think about it for a little while. Okay, I got it. Um, so one of the things that comes up as a part of a deployment or when you're using Splunk could be on your laptop, could be in your massive global data center, or, you know, could just be you and a couple of guys is at some point in time, you may find that, um, your data is maybe older. You're not, you know, you're not so concerned about it in your daily work. So let's say maybe you're in doing web analytics and you have, um, you really only need to look at like the past week, for example. Matter of fact, the Splunk Talk podcast analytics, we really only look at the actual current week. So the older stuff, eh, I don't really care about right now. But you get to a point where there's, you know, maybe a large volume of data, several hundred gigabytes or terabytes that have been building up over a couple of years, okay? And you might want to set a retention policy. And you have some options in Splunk where you can, um, you know, you can have Splunk delete it. You can have Splunk archive it. And that state, other than deleting it, we kind of call freezing or, uh, as we'll talk about, is data is being frozen. And there's a process on what happens when that data is frozen. And when the, the actual data, what 
if if we get to the, the point where the data is frozen, it's the raw data and the indexes. So you actually have a whole copy of that part of the data um, in that particular agent form. So that's what freezing your data is about. And you do that on a per index basis. Yeah, and I'll, I'll and the only only thing I'll add is is maybe um you know you, we have some scripts that come with Splunk that you can leverage to do that, or you can write your own. It, it's basically like you're saying Splunk's gonna by default delete it, but it but it'll it'll make a call to a cold to frozen script and try to figure out what to freeze off um, based on your script that either your writer that you use that you know that we give you. So um, and you can and I think we our signs it and everything I think as well. So, it, so when you, you know, you, you have it signed and it's all protected down on disk archived in that frozen state. Yeah, we, we always like to jump right into the technical part of the answer, but, but this is really, um, support for, um, and Michael, you talked about, we do this on a per index basis. This is all about data retention and every organization is going to have different retention policies usually different policies around different kinds of data. So that's where uh, when we're talking to customers a lot, uh, maybe some of your system level data is only going to be kept around for 30, 60, maybe 90 days. You know, things, uh, messages from your, from your network devices or possibly system level data from servers. But if you're indexing data that has customer transactions or possibly um, even... Uh, transactional information in it, that might be part of a larger retention policy that needs to stick around for, you know, months or years. And that's why we we need to know about these kinds of things on the front end because we'll help you design the, the indexing strategy to accommodate all that. Okay. Okay. So let's, let's check out. I got a question. I got a question. Actually, I have a lot of questions, but only one of them is really appropriate for this episode. Go for it. <laughs> and that I'm, question I'm, is. I'm afraid to I'm afraid to hear this. Oh, I I, I like it. I okay. like it already. Okay, 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 okay. So if you're talking about frozen, there must be something prior to frozen. Possibly cold. What is the difference between cold and frozen data? And let's go ahead and assume there's something called hot as well. Yes, correct. So cold, I'll 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 say that cold is pretty much everything right. That all the data before it gets frozen or gets deleted. So it, it, in hot, yes, we do have a hot. That's all the data that's coming in uh, real time right this moment into into the product and being indexed. So you end up having uh, the, the data, the events coming in, and they're aging out by time or by size from hot to warm and into cold. And cold is pretty much everything else right before it gets frozen. And cold is going to be, I think, defaulted to six years it can you can it, if you don't set do any settings at all, it'll keep it for six years um, until it deletes it uh, in the frozen state or runs the the script, frozen script to to freeze it off. Right, and you know specifically, <clears throat> Maverick talks about hot, warm, and cold. This is really just states of the Splunk data store, and you know once you start indexing data, uh, it goes into kind of a bucket called hot. And that contains all the newly indexed data. It's open for writing. So you're going to be searching that. That might be like the last 15 minutes or the last hour. It depends. And those are, they're being read and they're open for writing. And they're also searchable. At um, a predetermined time, which of course everything is configurable, it ends up going to, it gets rolled over 
into a bit more efficient uh, data store called Warm. And um, there are, you know, you have a number of Warm buckets and they're searchable. And at a particular time, data gets rolled over to cold. So there's a process that runs, you'll see, called Splunk Optimize that takes care of that migration. Um, the search on cold is it only works if the if the search specifies a time range that's included in these files. So let's say you're looking over well all time, yeah, uh, but let's say that cold might be, you know, from last year, for example. So if you were looking in the past uh, six months, you wouldn't actually hit anything that's in cold, and of course. Frozen, really, as we were talking about, is kind of a state that you're either deleted or or archived. Right. And also, one thing I helped someone this week, actually, along the same topics, I'll share along with the same the answer to this question, another piece of this, is um, maybe it might, I don't think it's in the GUI, but I think you, if you go uh, if you go to indexes.com file, which is down in your system default, if you copy that to your Etsy system local directory, and you can go in and look for where your different indexes are. You'll see um, you'll see some different paths, and you and one is going to be a home path, which is where your home path of the data that the hot and warm stuff's going to. And then you'll see one that says cold cold DB path, and that is where the cold data stuff. And you can actually change that path to be uh, an attached uh, directory. It doesn't have to be local, so you can actually have it when it rolls to cold state or that cold. Uh, uh, um, bucket or whatever, you can have it actually be on a physically different um, machine or attached storage and things like that. So I actually helped someone find that and change that so they could so they could roll things over because they didn't want to consume, you know, uh, their local disk. Yeah, and one other point I was kind of thinking about is this whole, you know, in, in the process of cold and frozen is how do you control how long data stays on your Splunk server. And as Maverick talked about, um, there's a file called indexes.com. Now, in the GUI, okay, at least in the current version, I haven't looked at it in the forthcoming release, but in the GUI under indexes, you can control the size, the total size of the data in the index, but you can't control the retention time range, okay, from the GUI. But if you go into indexes.com and look into course you can look at the docs but you look for an entry called uh, frozen time period in sex or <laughs> seconds it's secs and that's the number of seconds obviously of how long we should keep data in so you know if you wanted it in there for 365 days just multiply 86 400 by 365 and you get the number of seconds in a year i'm sure what whatever that is so there's a default setting it's like six or seven years and then you end up, um, you know, if you don't monkey with it, Splunk will delete it after six or seven years. So if you want to archive it, just like we've been talking about, you might want to. That's that up. that's a lot of sex in seconds. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what's what's coming up? What what do we got coming up? We've got well, we've got the holidays. I'm sure holidays. Too much going snow. On. We got snow coming up. Well, there is snow there. Yeah, got we there? got a lot of snow coming up. Low temperatures. A lot of low temperatures coming up. Um, we've got oh, you mean low Splunk. temperatures Splunk coming related. up? Yeah, yeah. Splunk stuff. This you is mean Splunk stuff coming up. This is this was Summit Week. I, I got to find out how all that Summit action went. It sounds kind of interesting. Yeah, there is yeah. some good stuff coming up though uh, for the Feds up in January twenty. They get everything. Yeah, 
They get everything. Yeah. Yeah. They get everything. Those feds. Yeah. Like, you know, a huge amount of money that comes out of my paycheck every month. But I digress. Um, so AFCEA West 2011. And that's how you say it. Not 2011. It's 2011. <laughs> okay. Want to want to go toe to toe with me on that, Jeff? Ought 11. That'll Can work I say too. that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to go with that. <laughs> January 25th through 27th. I'm so boondoggling here. Just San Diego, California. Love San Diego. Home of Qualcomm and the stadium. They're a customer of ours. They're pretty cool. They've hosted a bunch of Splunk user groups. Qualcomm. Cool guys. Although it has nothing to do with AFCA. <laughs> Cisco Live. January 31st through February 3rd. Over in London. That's kind of awesome. My friend DJ, who works for Splunk, just moved over to London. So it'll be interesting to see if he's been working on his accent. And then, of course, there's some stuff coming up in February. So do remember, on January 12th, there is a Splunk meetup at Pivotal Labs in San Francisco. And then on January 31st, because you know you got to plan this stuff, York, Pennsylvania, January 31st. Home of the band Live. Remember Live? Anyone? Yep. I do remember Live. York, a lot of people in New York don't aren't, aren't jiggy with Live. They're Live haters. But they really? went they went all like weird and religious, and they just oh really? Yeah, they, I'd like them. They cut their hair and stuff. Yeah. They they hey they, hey they, hey hey go easy hey <laughs> go easy dude. I'm very sensitive. They went all Creed. No, they didn't go Creed. No, they didn't go Creed. They went more like they 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 kind of did a Beatles thing where that you know you go to India, you find uh, the center of the Maharaji. Yeah, and then then they get all spiritual in their music, and it's like yeah. then it sucks. I started liking you because you were all rebellious. Anyways, yeah. can I get a? I need to record this for my soundboard. Can I get an okay? Okay. okay. There we go. Back to the last question. Somebody who hasn't asked a question, not me, that, probably has one. Could it be Maverick? The, uh, could be. Uh, so I have a question. Can I bring my frozen data back online later within Splunk to search it again? And if so, how does that work exactly? I'm calling for a fair catch here. Okay, go for it. Um, yeah. So, so you can restore the, the data that you've previously archived um, it's pretty pretty straightforward. Basically, you need to move the the files, and we didn't really touch on this, but uh, we did have a previous Splunk episode where we talked about the buckets and buckets and files. So basically, you're going to take everything, all of the buckets that are part of the archive, all of the buckets that were part of your frozen bits, and copy them into a directory that we provide expressly for this purpose. It's called so uh, Maverick talked about hot, warm, cold, and frozen. Those are all DB directories, database directories, where the Splunk data store is. There's actually a fifth one called Thawed DB. And you'll copy your all of the uh, files from the archive bucket into there. Um, now, I just learned this today talking to the, to the guys, but um, I guess if you move files from an archive or, or from some other source into the cold directory, Splunk will automatically read them as part of a normal scan. 
but let's say you had an idea, uh, let's say you had a use case where you just needed a bunch of old stuff pulled in for a single report or even just a single search to see a, maybe you're looking for a user, maybe your auditor uh, in the in the organization wants a report that goes back a couple years or something. You can put them into this thaw DB and then uh, with the idea that it'll be much easier just to, to uh, delete all those buckets when you're done with this report. So you copy them into the thaw directory. Um, <clears throat> you have to rename it temporarily to something that that, thunk, uh, that Splunk is going to recognize, and then you have to uh, run a special command that will um, cause the scans, cause the, the Splunk to recognize the indexes, the pieces of the index that were are now newly part of the the uh, the, the index, and that's done with a a command called call. So you say Splunk call. And then you tell it where the the path to that is. It's and then you also have to give it the uh, the database name. So the full command will be Splunk space underscore internal space call, and then the path to to rebuild the manifest, which is slash data slash indexes slash main slash rebuild metadata and manifests, and that'll that'll work. When you're all done, you can delete all that stuff out, put it back, put the tapes back on the shelf, or you know, unplug the NAS or whatever it is, and uh, you're off and running. Question for you, Jeff. How do you know, let's say you have, um, you know, you've been doing this frozen, cold to frozen thing. Which I don't think we really mentioned how that happens, but there's a script, and look in the docs, there's a script. When you do the move from cold to frozen, all you're really doing is going to move part of that Splunk database off to another set of storage. Let's say you've been doing that for... I don't know, like six, seven months, maybe a year, maybe a year and one day. Um, how do you know what is in each of those uh, databases? Uh, you uh, are you asking by the file name? So perhaps. So um, very good. Th there is some some nomenclature that defines. Uh, the buckets by file name, I, and I, to be honest, I don't really know how you can tell what's in that, but I know that's how you can do it. So, well, uh, yeah, you're asking, so that means, you know, so, well, uh, no, I'm, I was just sort of <laughs> actually, <laughs> as I was listening to you, I was looking at the docs and I'm like, Oh, okay. There you go. Okay. And when you were talking about, you know, the copy, the name of the database file actually contains the Unix timestamp range that is in the data. So um, in Epic time, it's Epic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We need some like, oh, I need to get some metal on my soundboard. Like, <laughs> it's epic. It's an epoch time, which of course is the. I, uh, I thought it was pronounced epic. You know, I don't know. I, you epoch. Epoch sounds like a Star Wars character. You know what? Uh, go forth and prosper. Um, That's Star Trek, dude. I agree. It's, <laughs> but it's still all sci-fi. Whatever. It's all, it's all so uh, yeah, the directory that uh, the directory actually is db underscore, you know, like the bling big beginning and end of that set of data. So yep, um, you know, you might want to maybe convert that yourself uh, yeah. in your mind on on what that is. And and what I've also seen people do is add to their script. So they take a make a cold and frozen script or use the one that's in Splunk. Um, they'll also do a few extra things like they'll write to a text file that tells them 
you know, make sort of a little catalog. Now there are sophisticated archiving systems, which you could probably use to help out this process. If you're like a hardcore enterprise customer, um, so you could catalog them, but, but I thought that's all, that's all in internal. I mean, you could just go back and well, I guess, I guess it'd be gone after a while. Well, I'm just saying. talking about like, if you have them on disc and you just this whole pile of directories, like what's in these directories, Yeah, you know, just having even a text file that says, you know, uh, credit, you know, payment processing system data from January 1st through January 30th. Yeah, like meta, like metadata kind of descriptions or something. Or just a text file that tells what's in there. So <laughs> whatever. What metadata is? Yeah. Yeah, it's data that's about data. That's what, yeah. It's a, yeah, come on, we're, we're all in IT. Come on. It's like, I was wanting that rim shot right there. <laughs> I was wanting the rim shot and the beep and like bleeping me out. That's what I wanted. Excellent questions. Barely good answers. <laughs> Marginal answers. Barely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were a little cold. The answers were a little cold, weren't they? Oh, chilly. Yeah. Hey. 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 And for Michael's favorite segment of the week. What what do you got? What's new? Why, What'd you learn? Why is this your favorite section? I, I never understood that. That's what he wrote in the script part of it. Uh, <laughs> because, okay. because it's my perhaps. favorite section, perhaps. The reason why it is my favorite thing, because one, there's a chance to talk about non-Splunk stuff. Okay. Two, it's kind of, I never know what you guys are going to say. So I get to hear something completely awesome or completely mundane and boring and <laughs> you know <laughs> that's yeah, what i really boring. like <laughs> that's never boring yeah right never okay so here's my thing uh i mean my my thing of the week hello hey yeah okay Ooh. <laughs> all right so <laughs> okay this has nothing to do with splunk okay but this is this is awesome so, well, kind of. So I'm working with my buddy, Will Hayes, who's, you know, Mr. Builds Badass Apps that go on Splunk Base. Like, if you've ever downloaded the Splunk for Cisco app or F5 or Blue Coat, he built all those apps. He's kind of awesome. And so we've been playing around with uh, Citrix's Zen server, okay? Most people know what that is, but for those who don't, it's like it's kind of like VMware ESX. It's like, you know, houses, virtual appliances and servers so we're, we're messing around with this he's doing some monitoring with splunk he's making a citrix app which is cool but um you know so obviously as we talked about i'm like an apple nerd and so citrix came out a while ago like a year ago citrix came out with this app for apple uh, iphones and ipads called citrix receiver now receiver is basically like a virtual client so you hook it up to a zen server and you can now like you know, use a virtual desktop on there, which is great, or access a virtual server. But recently, Juniper came out with their VPN client for the iPhone iPad, which is great because our Zen server is inside Splunk's four walls. It's in our VPN. So they got this wired up. Then, um, then I got my iPad going, and my iPad's plugged in with a Citrix receiver app to uh, our Zen server. So now I can launch an epi uh, episode... <laughs> I can launch a, an instance of Windows 7 or Windows Vista 
because I'm kind of liking using those services instead of running VMware Fusion on my desktop. But the coup de gras of awesomeness is. So I got an iPhone, of course. I have an iPad, of course. I've got Citrix Zen desktop, you know, running on there. So I can run, I can access a Windows machine. And I got my finger on the screen doing the mouse. But I got this iPhone right here. Wouldn't it be kind of badass if I could use the iPhone as the touchpad for the for the uh for the virtual desktop that's running on the iPad, and you can. Citrix's receiver that runs on iPad and iPhone talk to each other, and they it's set up so you can run run it all together and have your iPhone, iPhone sitting next to your iPad on your iDesk, and you can uh, basically have them all working together. It's pretty awesome. Sort of one of these things I've better seen than described, but... That's pretty awesome, It's actually. like the, de- the thing is, it's like laptop... At this point in time... Laptops are getting close to being dead because where your desktop is and the image of your desktop is shouldn't even matter. And this, for the first time, it was like, wow, I got an iPad, which is my screen. I got a Bluetooth keyboard, which if I want to go type and I can do that. And now I got a mouse, which is my iPhone. I kind of think it's badass. Well, wasn't that the intention all along? They've been planning this, but, you know, to kind of sneak it in and infiltrate, infiltrate to your mind so you, you, you don't you kind of gravitate towards this type of use and then it just seems like such a revolutionary thing, but that's what they intend. They designed this like 10 years ago, probably it's just now finally coming to reality or something. Well, I think a lot of technologies sort of are converging now because you have things like the tablet computing and you've got cloud and you've got high speed networking. More of this stuff can become a reality where it's like, the capabilities are very now. Yeah. I mean, other than this audio recording stuff, which I do need horsepower on my desktop for, Mm-hmm. Half the stuff I do could be easily done. Well, heck, actually, heck, if maybe this could even be done in the cloud. Anyways, that's my little thing of the week. Uh, Citrix receiver is pretty kick-ass, and it works with Citrix Zen server, so good stuff. Very, very nice. cool. Yep. Well, let's see. I have um, a couple things. Um, uh, well, I'll just, uh, a couple things. Both of them are Splunk, I think. So uh, maybe it'd be kind of boring. But uh, I mean, if you guys want to cut me short, or if you want to do a rim shot and get me get me the heck out, that's fine. Um, uh, Denied. Okay. okay. Thank you. Okay. 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 Uh, Sham Gal, you know Sham Gal's on our team, all right? Um, and he is uh, working with Vince, uh, this guy named Vince that works for us. That used to be one of our customers, and now he's in Solutions. And they're like Vinny Bums. Yeah, Vincent Bumgarner. And he is there working on like this really cool Keynote app for Keynote, which is pretty cool. So it was interesting to see them look kind of because that's where Shamgo comes from. Wait, uh, Keynote, you mean like the Apple presentation app? Exactly. The PowerPoint thing? Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. So we're gonna splunk that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's totally cool. Actually, no, no, it's it's the no, it's the um, it's the other thing that competes with Gomez or whatever. Web monitoring, web performance monitoring. Yeah, web performance, kind of like, kind of like you know, it records all this stuff, but they don't have a really good reporting engine. It's the same thing, kind of like that's like, you know, a lot of our a lot of our partners that have really good. Uh, technology that that gathers information and can can bring things in and create events for things, but they don't have a good reporting or an, analytics on top of it, uh, as well as maybe it could be. So then people end up using us for that analytics on top of it. So this is one of those things they're going to try to um, they're trying to apply, and it's it's kind of looking pretty cool. On uh, they're creating the back end to suck in the information so Splunk can eat it and then and then display uh, web analytics as well as Keynote specific analytics all on the same dashboard, which is something that, that 
I guess keynote customers are been looking. They've been looking for that for a long time and and haven't been able to do it. They have to build it themselves anyway, the hard way with a database or MySQL or My MySQL or something, um, or MS SQL or whatever. So hey, I thought that was interesting uh, when he was talking about that or whatever. Put on Splunk base. That'll be cool. Sweet. Sweetness. And I'm almost back up to number 14 on the Splunk answers too. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. You know who's really uh, rocking is Siegfried. I know. That's uh, awesome. He's a, he's been answering some questions that I put out. He's a smart guy. Siegfried. Who is he? Uh, he's a works at SPP in um, Germany. He's a partner of ours. Nice. He's awesome. Dude's like he's he's a hit. like other than Caleb who works at Splunk, who's like the hippest person in the USA. I believe his name is uh, Celeb. Yeah, Celeb. Yeah, yeah. Siegfried you. is Siegfried is ultra hip. Siggy. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know him that well, so I wouldn't go there. I'll tell you, he's a smart guy with Splunk. I just did. Okay, you did. You went there. All right. <laughs> okay. I'm assuming, per usual, you have nothing to say here, Jeff. I have something, but I'm gonna save it for next week. As always, uh, reminder. Email us at SplunkTalk at Splunk.com, and we'll try to get to your questions in short order. I know we still have one out there uh, by our friend Lisa about mail transactions. And mail transactions... A hanging, a hanging chad. Yeah, it's a hanging chad. It's a fairly complex topic, so maybe we'll cover it next week uh, in detail and try to try to do it. If we even she can answer girl. it um, without... without. I got a video. I'm, I might send her about it. Um, she can have a whole episode. We can build around that. Eh, why not? Hey, yeah, I'll be, a, I'll be a first. Perhaps. Hey. Okay. Email us, splunktalk at splunk.com. And as always, thanks for listening and have a happy and healthy splunking week. Y'all better 